Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Damaris Lewis, Sports Illustrated model, is joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. You you have great personality. You can hear it in your voice. Would you date an NBA player? I'm open to anything, but respect. Old school. Chivalry. Like, I listen to Sinatra in the morning. You need to accept that. <laughs> so I hear you're single, then. <laughs> With your host. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA with the rules the way they are? Be honest. Uh, average 40. <laughs> we will win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I started covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the tip-off. Good to be back in comfortable position here on the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith from NBA.com, Lang Whitaker. Are we back? I think we're back. Jay Wall, are we back? You hit the record button? I'm here. Just making sure. You know, we got to make sure we – Greg Wagan, you, uh, our super producer, is he back finally? He's been on vacation doing WNBA, doing exclusive interviews with Dwight Howard. Chris Paul. Are, you, are we back, Greg? Yeah, sounds like we're back. You, you sure? know the one guy we are missing, though. <laughs> <laughs> one one Ulrich A. Fox. Yeah, so, Slick Rick. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Anyone? This dude, I, I mean, I love it. Where Where is he at this week? What's the story? Uh, I, I got an email from his his assistant um, a little while ago who mm-hmm. said he was traveling. So, you know. Hey, man. Life of a high roller. He's always hey, traveling. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm telling yeah, you, we, NBA TV should come up with a 30-minute show each week. Where in the world is Rick Fox? Well, we could do that every day. To, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of other people that want to <laughs> want to play in that game too, and I'm sure the, the the prize wouldn't be laughs and jokes like he gets from us. He'd probably get cracked upside the head a couple of times. So that's all Especially right. It was Doug Christie, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right, Ricky. We'll see you next time, brother. Lang, what's going on, man? It's uh, ferret season here. You know, we got uh, what ferret? I call it. I call this ferret season in the NBA. What does that mean? When, you know, you stop eating chicken and, you know, veal cutlets and you just start dining on ferret. I mean, there's nothing else. We're, it's wild game season, basically. We're looking for anything we can eat on in the NBA these days. It's- Scrounging. We're, we're, we're like foraging <laughs> around the woods, digging up whatever we can look into. Yes, sir. I mean, it's that time of year. But it's all good. 
It's like uh, we're on Duck Dynasty. We're out hunting for whatever we can get. Man, listen, I, I, this is off the path, but what is what, I'm out of the loop as always. What is Duck Dynasty? My wife has been watching that lately, and she loves it. Maybe, uh, and of course, I a, have no idea what it is. It's a plug alert, but maybe you should read the article I wrote for GQ.com last week. <laughs> the four reasons you should be watching Duck Dynasty this season. Yeah, you need to send me the link to that because I have no idea. I'll, I, so, keep, I keep hearing her talk about it, and I hear her cracking up. It's hilarious. It's yeah. a really funny show. It's a reality show about a family in Louisiana who uh, has a business that they make duck calls for hunters to use, and uh, it's a multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the show is just kind of them messing around, going hunting, getting into misadventures. Uh, the big difference in their show and a lot of the other shows on TV is they all actually like each other, and there's not <laughs> fights and you know disagreements and things like that. They get along and uh it's a fun show it's a funny show i so, saw a little clip the other day and they all look like zz tops like yeah they do or something it's like what's up with the 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 father said that uh, he has a long beard because uh he uh the only people who don't have beards are youths and women and they are neither of those <laughs> well i got i got some scruff i don't have a zz top style beard but i got you're not growing scruff. your nba off-season beard no i'm not i'm not fearing the beard this summer i'm i'm letting it uh breathe a little bit but not letting it get too bushy i'm not i'm gonna let freeway and reggie evans and the rest of y'all uh handle the, the the nappy beard i'm keeping mine normal i'm working on mine it's coming in it's nappy but it's coming in it's nappy. <laughs> But, nice, uh, nice. By the way, uh, here's some breaking news over the Twitter. I saw this. Are you, I know where Iverson. you're going. AI yeah. getting ready to call it quits, huh? Allen Iverson to officially retire. Well, apparently yeah. from uh, interesting my old cohorts at Slam Magazine. I saw that. Very interesting. Um, I don't. I don't even know how to feel about that because if I already feel like, or I mean, it already seemed like he's been. It feels gone like for so he long. did retire. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure. It's his. He hasn't played in an NBA game since 2010. Yeah, it's not as earth-shattering uh, an announcement as you might expect. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that though. I mean, what what do you think the reaction of people will be? You think it'll be a lot like ours? Like, hey, you know, guy's been done for a while, or I th- I think so. I mean, I, I guess it's it's news, right? Yeah. We're talking about it, but uh, I don't think there was much chance of him coming back and playing this season. Um, and yeah. you know, there really hadn't been much talk of that. So, uh, I, I guess we, it's, it's a, it just makes it official and it yeah. says, uh, we can sort of close the book on, on, uh, his career, which was a heck of a career to have watched. Um, cause both of us sort of came up during the Allen Iverson era. No doubt. No we're doubt of that. It. We're of that generation. Yes. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw his clips. Um, huh. On, uh, I saw him on Scholastic Sports America. They showed him playing football and basketball. Yep. And I was like, what in the world? I was like, who's this little dude? You know, and then you see him on there, and then all the drama he went through, obviously, you know, uh, before he even got out of high school. Right. But uh, then for him to have the career he had, it's pretty remarkable, um, good and bad. I mean, some of the stuff that went down was, you know, he ne- AI was never one to, to stay out of the headlines. So, yeah. Um, but interesting. I know there would be a lot of people who are – you know, it's, it's the thing, you know, you you grow up watching and, and idolizing or admiring one player and you kind of become one of these people who's a devotee, so to speak. And um, I know some people who you get in the wrong room at the wrong party and they'll <laughs> argue you down about, you know, his greatness and, you know, where he ranks all time. And if he's, you know, some people like to say he's the best little man, you know, six feet or under to play, which I don't agree with necessarily. Who would um, you go with? It's hard not to go with Isaiah. Yeah. You know, um, 
one he championships, might be the, one championship say, in college. I mean, would you say Iverson's the best little man scorer of all time? I don't even know if I can say that. I know he ranks up there pretty high, but I'm saying I'm not sure there's a category where he he ranks ahead of Isaiah. Right. It, you know, in terms of if you're going to put it, guys their height and you know under. So, but uh, is there, I don't think it's any shame in being number two or three on the yeah. list. <laughs> I saw him play in uh, Georgetown. Played, I think it was Texas Tech mm-hmm. in the uh, NCAA tournament in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome, and uh, I was at that game. And uh, I think Iverson—I can't remember what he finished, thirty something like that—but uh, it was pretty amazing to see a guy that small, you know, on on the court with giants and able yeah. to sort of get a shot whenever he wanted to. And maybe they weren't the best shots, but he was able to get it off and he made a lot of them. And, uh, I, I, I remember when he won the, uh, when was the, 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 when he won the MVP and we were in Philly, I was in Philly that night for the mm-hmm. game. They presented him with the trophy mm-hmm. and I thought the roof was going to come off that place because people <laughs> yeah. in Philadelphia loved him so much, uh, when he was in his prime and probably still even now, um, but when they gave him that trophy, I mean, uh, that was the one thing I think he always had with the fans was like, it seemed like a, a, a pure connection, yeah. uh, between him and, uh, and those fans who, who loved him so much in Philly. I remember too, he was, he was one of those guys when you, you know, you start covering the league and you realize who's a, a great road draw. Like not all great players bring fans out in other towns. You know, the Spurs come to town, people aren't lining up to come watch the Spurs. But something about AI, Kobe, you know, and Shaq, obviously he was at Mellow for a long, you know, for years when Mellow was in Denver, I used to always be, you know, stunned at the, you know, the people that would come out of the woodwork to watch him play. The Knicks, yeah. when they come, you know, to another, somebody else's town. Um, LeBron, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. AI had, I mean, I, I was always just shocked at the number of people who had to come see him in person. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got to go see Allen Iverson in person, you know. Um, I loved watching him play because he was fearless, you know, guy his size yeah. that would attack anybody. He didn't care who it was. He was attacking you. And that's, that's what I always lo- loved about his game and uh, loved about watching him play is that, you know, he he lived up to the hype, you know, like like very few people do in terms of his abilities and, and his attitude on the court. So what will be the, uh, what will be the iconic Iverson play? You, do you think that that goes down as like the most iconic thing? He, was it? It's I, be crossing up Jordan. Either that or stepping or over Tyron Lue, yeah. right? <laughs> those two things. It's got to be what I mean. Those got to rank right up there. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I love the one where he stepped over T. Lue because I love that look on T. Lue's face. You know, like, <laughs> it was like for real. It yeah. was like for real. And uh, you know, I love that one. But I, yeah, the the crossing up Jordan was the one that kind of shook up the you know. Yeah, I remember people talking about it. You know, when it happened, like, man, did you see what Iverson did? I mean, hey, that, that, good and bad. Um, you know, his career. I don't care what anybody says. He, you know, he goes down as one of those all-time great players and a guy who, like you said, we grew up in that era. Yep. He'll be one of the players we remember from this era. You know, from our era of, of you know, the NBA and watching the game and and trying to get an understanding of what it was all about. Um, I, the, one of my other favorite things is that slam cover, which yep. I know people. Most people say that's one of their all-time favorite slam covers. You know, AI with the, uh, the that blowout. Was before, that was before I was there, but yeah. there's, uh, 
that one still goes like we you know it was funny because I, I maybe like even two three years ago we would see like flyers for like all-star weekend parties and different things that we had nothing to do with. And that was the photo they would use. <laughs> That's like one of the most iconic photos ever that uh slam ever put out. That yeah. it's, it's like still gets play. Yeah. That's so. right. Just, I mean, it's, it's good to be whatever his, you want to say about his career. It's good to be a guy that people will remember for a lot, you know, for as many of the good things he did as, as the other things. And I think that's a, yeah, that's telling about a guy, you know, what he's done and what he's meant to the game. So good for him. Um, but yeah, that's that is that is news. However, you want to slice and dice it, you know. Um, Allen Iverson officially announcing his retirement this week at some point. So um, we'll see we'll see how that goes down and when it goes down. Lang, there's been some other news of sorts around the league this week. Larry Sanders and the Bucks. Yep. Locking in on that $44 million deal. Um, Raymond Felton making sure everybody knows that the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> will never take over New York City. Um, <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, and I'm sh- I'm sure you saw it like everybody else. The Mamba running on the anti-gravity treadmill. I did. I'm just saying. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. Yes, I mean it could it could happen sooner rather than later. You, uh, I know we had a blog table question about this on NBA dot com today, um, and I think we all kind of agreed that hey, whatever, whatever the the prescribed comeback time is for Kobe's injury, he's beating that. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of how effective he is when he does come back. Well, you saw my prediction. I saw, I saw that. I say I say Kobe plays 82 games, averages 24 points a game, and the Lakers make the playoffs. Because <laughs> if you if you're gonna not bet against him, you gotta really you gotta really bet. You, you go gotta all throw in. all in on him, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm all in. I think he's I think he's gonna carry him all the way back. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but uh, I just I'll just say I wouldn't be shocked if he if he's able to come back and be ready for the start of the season. I don't expect anything less. Now, yeah. I don't know. I think it's more of a pace yourself, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas type, you know, before he's back to being Kobe, the Kobe we're used to. But I, I talked to somebody else last week who said that do not assume that he will have the same physical, you know, effects from this injury as some other guys have, you know. and it, Right. Because they said, hey, everything that's ever happened to him physically, he's always come back from it in in ways that other guys haven't, so – I also I think we, we should, you have to remember there's different types of Achilles injuries right. and recoveries and it, it's not going to be the same for everybody and, and we don't know exactly uh, we're not doctors we we haven't heard from the doctors exactly what kind of injury he had so right, right. we'll see what happens. Uh, another guy who's making headlines all of a sudden, uh, your main man Jeremy Lin from the Houston Rockets. Right. Talking a little bit, um, you know, he's at a youth conference in Taiwan and kind of gave a really you know no holds barred explanation for his his first season with the Rockets and how tough it was and that uh you know Patrick Beverly came on late last season and Lynn talks about the fact that he thinks that you know his inconsistencies cost him and it and it really forced the coaches to lose a little faith in him um his exact quote he said I became so obsessed with becoming a great basketball player trying to be Lynn Sanity, being the phenomenon that took the NBA by storm. Um, 
you know, the coaches were losing faith in him. Basketball fans were making fun of him. And he said he was supposed to be joyful and free, but what I experienced was the opposite. I had no joy and I felt no freedom. Mm. Not exactly the words you want to hear from your starting point guard. Um, I'll say this. We we haven't heard the entire speech he gave because, I mean, what if he ends it with, but I found it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that that's a quote that could very easily be taken out of context. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of this was lost in translation. Um, uh, but I would say that there's a good chance that he uh, – uh, to me, it's a reminder that it is a job. It's not always fun, right? You know, right? Um, and I think maybe he was at his best when he was having fun. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to to have fun and be out there doing it and have fun and not worry about all the other stuff. So no doubt, no doubt. I know somebody who does have fun Who's at that? all times. Uh, it's our main man, Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. Spears joining us live on the Hang Time Podcast. Big fella, what's happening? I'm doing the running man right now. <laughs> What's that mean? Man, you crazy. What's going on, man? Man, I'm just trying to enjoy these last couple of weeks <laughs> uh, before the season comes. And, you know, I'm doing things here and there. But for the most part, I'm trying to disappear and then you call me. I hear, so, I hear you. But, but you, might, you know, y'all my dudes, so <laughs> uh, I, I'll come out the cave to talk, to, talk we, to you guys. We appreciate that, man. We were just talking about Jeremy Lin. I don't know if you saw uh, him talking about the way he struggled last year in Houston and his coaches losing faith in him and this, that, and the other. We don't know how much of this is, you know, we don't know if we got the whole story, but the parts we've read are pretty, are pretty interesting. You think he's coming back to that situation in Houston this year with a fresh slate, or does he have to watch his watch himself and look over his shoulder a little bit with Patrick Beverly coming on the way he did last year? Well, the one thing is I really thought James Harden took a lot of pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if James Harden wasn't traded there, uh, how much pressure there would have been on Jeremy Lin. Yes. The focus would have been on him. Yeah. And But it, it was interesting, like once James came, he wasn't the guy anymore. Lynn, I'm talking about, wasn't right. the guy anymore. James Harden became the guy. He became a big-time scorer, and Jeremy was just basically, you know, the point guard of that team. Right. But now, and, and there was no expectations, but now that Dwight's there and uh, they've made these changes and got these additions and Dwight's talked about championship, you know, the, the pressure goes back on him dramatically because – if something goes wrong, I think a lot of uh, the finger pointing could come his way because there's a lot of strong point guards in this league, and despite what he did with New York, he's not considered to be one of the elite. So if, if things go sour, I certainly – and I don't I don't think Patrick Beverly's the answer either. Right. But if things go sour, I think their point guard play is something that people will, will certainly focus on. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking also about Kobe. Um, and him, uh, what 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 is it fair to expect from Kobe this season? And we, you know, Kobe's obviously always beaten expectations and exceeded expectations. And what what do you expect from from Kobe Bryant this year, Mark? <laughs> him to, for him to defy odds. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. I I, I expect him to be ready. When the preseason starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing is this. I wouldn't be surprised if he played during the first day of the preseason. To me, the bigger question is how many minutes is he going to play? Yeah. Right. 
you know, um, all season. I, I can't see him playing 30. I can't see him playing 40. Maybe, maybe 30, yes. But how many minutes is he going to play? Because even if he's healthy, there's only so much pressure you could put on that Achilles and so much you could do out the gate. So yeah. I'm, I'm more worried about the minutes that he plays and his actual date because I know his date's going to be early. If if you were Gary Vitti in the Lakers and you know Kobe's attitude and his drive and the fact that he's w- going to want to get out there even when you don't want him out there, how do you hold him back from and, and protect him from himself this year? Like, how do you keep him from doing something that's going to jeopardize his season and potentially his career by trying to come back sooner than he should? Uh, and, and that's the thing is, you know, you got to protect him from himself because once he gets out there, you right. know. He ain't coming up, yeah. Gonna, yeah, he's coming. Shoot, he'll put his own self in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know that too. So that's, it's going to be a real interesting thing, and maybe he could get in in the preseason and try to get the kinks out. But, yeah, it's certainly going to be curious as to how they're going to use him because, you know, in order for them to make the playoffs, he has to be – he has to lead them there. He has to be the star. He has to play big minutes. He has to be Kobe Bryant. But, again, you know, and maybe we could look at like a Chauncey Billups season. Look how long it took him to come back. Yeah. He had career lows in points. Yeah. Um, and so – his minutes were, I think, the lowest of his career, too. So that's the thing. That's the thing that you, you, you said it right on the money. you got to protect him from himself, but there's probably no player that could fight you more than him. He just has to be smart about it. And with him getting older, I, I do think that this is a different Kobe Bryant in the fact that he'll be more mature about saving himself to play long-term than just trying to come back in a hurry. Yeah. Is it really that different than six months ago when, when D'Antoni <laughs> couldn't keep him off the court, though? <laughs> well, that's uh, – yeah, I mean, but he wasn't hurt then. Right, right, true. He, he he has to be real about what the situation is. And I think the thing that they have to scare him with is you don't want to get hurt again. Because if you get hurt again, that could be it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it. I don't, I don't know that it's in D'Antoni's personality – to shut Kobe down, but he's going to have to make it in his personality, and it's going to be have to be in Cupjack's personality. And I know Gary Vitti's not scared to do it, right? But somebody has to because. Um, but again, this is an older Kobe Bryant. I think he does understand the seriousness of this, and I think, you know, I hope he'll be judicious in how hard he wants to push his body. But you know him; he's going to push him to the limits. But this is. This is the coast of forty year old Kobe Bryant. He has to be a little different. Yeah. Do you do you come off the summer mark looking at the league and the landscape and feeling like the the balance of power has tilted in any direction on either side in terms of the Western Conference, Eastern Conference with the moves that were made? I know Houston obviously makes a big move with Dwight. There have been some other big moves obviously summer. Do you feel you know, Doc Rivers going to the Clippers, I think certainly. You mentioned getting away from it for a while. When you come back up from that break and, and, and really take a look. What, is, what does it yeah. look like to you now compared to what it did before you you went uh, rogue on us? <laughs> uh, the Doc Rivers thing is extremely interesting to me. Mm-hmm. 
And, I, you know, and it's not to say that Vinny was a bad coach or anything, but I do think Doc will be able to get the most out of these guys. They're going to be a scary three-point team. I'll be very interested to see how many three-points shots they take per game, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they set a record for three-pointer shot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the challenge for Doc is going to be getting Blake Griffin um, to be something bigger. He can't just be a dunker anymore. Right. Same with DeAndre Jordan. They have to score in the post. The problem with the Clippers, I think, the last couple seasons is, you know, come playoff times, and you guys know come playoff time it slows down, they don't get any half-court inside buckets. Right. So they got to figure something out, man. They got to figure something out to make those guys more productive instead of like in the past where they were dependent uh, on Kenyon Martin and Reggie Evans to save Mm -hmm. them. And it's time for – I think it's really time for – Blake to to quiet to talk about him not being able to score in a post and, and show what he could do and it's not that difficult. I think it's, people make it more difficult than it is. He, he jumps high, give him just a half hook. <laughs> <laughs> he called a day, you know. Um, but, you know, post game is becoming a lost art. I like to see what happens there. Other things that intrigue me, the Detroit Pistons. Mm. I think they could be interesting, adding Brandon, adding Josh. Yeah. Chauncey as a reserve, very, very interesting. Um, Denver Nuggets probably taking a t- step backward. Mm-hmm. I'm not jumping on the Oklahoma City bandwagon right now. I'm concerned about them because really? you, you don't know what, what is Russell going to be. Right. right. Are we sure that Russell's going to be 100%? If Russell's 100%, you know, I think they're fine, and I like Jeremy Lamb. I think Jeremy's going to be a good score for him. Mm-hmm. But I can't depend on him right now the same way I can depend on Kevin Martin and uh, obviously James Harden. Yeah, it, it's going to be hit and miss with him. He's still a second-year player. He's what is he even twenty-one years old yet? <laughs> right, he got the baby face. So, <laughs> yeah. So with Russell, you know, being up in the air, that's another guy. How many minutes is he going to play? Yeah. With Lamb, you're not knowing what to expect. I mean, I think Kevin Durant's going to have to lead the league in scoring, uh, even by a stronger amount, because he might have to pick up for some of the scoring lost or, you know, uh, Russell taking his time to get back. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's interesting, obviously, with their moves. But I think the thing that was great that nobody's really talking about is the addition of Karolinko mm-hmm. and how he could cut down the minutes for Garnett cut down the minutes for Paul Pierce with his ability to play both positions. Yeah. Because those guys can't play 35 minutes anymore. So, to me, Karolinko was a huge, huge addition. Makes them really formidable. I'm intrigued about the East. Cause, and I don't know if you guys can answer this question off the top of your head, but how many times has a team been to the four, finals four straight years? Three other can times. Can Miami do that? Yeah, I think it's three other times you know. in the history of the league. Yeah, and you know, Indiana's much improved, man. If Danny Granger is back, and you got Stevenson coming off the bench, and some of their additions, they're scary teams. Yeah. Real, real scary. Brooklyn's scary. You know, New York keeps it interesting. Um, uh, uh, Chicago with Derrick Rose being back. If yeah. Derrick Rose is 100%, they're a championship caliber team. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually more intrigued about how I think the East is going to be really fun this year. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. And um, 
I do think Detroit has a chance to maybe uh, probably be the surprise team in the East. I was talking last night with somebody about, you know, the, the top of the East is, is sort of, you kind of know it's Miami, New York, uh, Brooklyn, Indiana, Chicago. Those teams are all kind of set. But then, like, that bottom half of the playoff, there's still a couple of slots there. Like, you, you mentioned Detroit. Uh, who else do you think gets in in the playoff? Maybe Washington, Cleveland? I mean, what are the other teams at yeah. the bottom? Oh, uh, no, definitely Cleveland. I forgot yeah. about them. Cleveland's that team you don't want to play. I'm curious to see how – Charlotte's going to be with James Harden. I mean, not James Harden, with Al, Her- Al, Jefferson. Al, uh, Jefferson, Al Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, remember, I'm, I'm rusty in the offseason right now. <laughs> Al Jefferson. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll see where he is there. Um, I, they they got to improve. They'll improve, certainly. But can they improve to flirt with the eighth spot? I don't know. But I think Al Jefferson was an interesting pickup. And kudos to Charlotte. We, we beat him up so much. But for doing something right, by going after Al right at the beginning of free agency, locking in on him when everybody wasn't really sweating him and signing him, and, and utilizing uh, their you know them being in the South as a drawing card for him. Yeah, I thought that was very very smart for them. So you know, uh, Washington, yeah, Washington's going to be interesting, but I think Cleveland probably gets that last spot. Yeah. Toronto mm-hmm. too. Keep an eye on Toronto. Uh, and I want Toronto to be good because I, I miss going out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange, strange time when you look around the league and there's so many different options on you know on both sides. Because you mentioned how many times this team made it to the finals four straight years and how, and how difficult that is. If I'm not mistaken, um, the Lakers and the Celtics are the only two teams who have done it. Um, yeah. Which tells you just – and it was during some of their championship eras, you know, when they were rocking. Um, yeah. so it tells you how difficult a, a task it is. Do, are you worried at all? And, and I know you got to run and get back to, uh, you know, those champagne breakfasts and all that stuff you're doing out there. But yeah. do, are you worried hey, at all man, about I'm the heat go running out of steam? Jobs movie probably. You're going to go, and, you know, go to dinner, the movie tonight, and all that good stuff out there on in the Bay. But what about – the heat running out of juice in this run to yeah. to to three peat and make four straight finals like that. I just uh, you know they've been blessed with LeBron. They've been blessed without having injuries, and somehow they've been over been able to overcome their lack of size. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder. It's interesting because you know me being in the Bay Area, and you see the like the demise of the San Francisco Giants this year <laughs> after they just won the World Series. And one of the players said, hey, you can expect us to be great forever, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, Wade, Wade's knees a wild card. I mean, LeBron's going to be LeBron, and, and Bosch is a wild card. Yeah. But it seems like, like I'm just keeping my eye on Indiana because what, what isn't talked about enough is that Indiana was a game away from knocking them off and going to the finals, and Indiana got better. Yeah. <laughs> They got better. They got bigger. They got Scola coming off the bench. I didn't mention that. Yeah. That, yep. to me, those games, I know Indiana's not the sexy team, but just keep an eye on that because they got the chip on their shoulder. They're ready. And I think they actually could be maybe even better than Miami right now, mm. pound for pound. So yeah. uh, Indi- Miami could be the same team healthy, and what what Indiana has done, 
might not be able to get over the hump to get back this year. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a statement, but it's true. It's been last, true. hey, uh, Mark, before we let you go, last thing is uh, there's talk right now on Twitter that uh, there's a report that Allen Iverson's going to retire uh, officially, announce his retirement later this week. Um, Slam Magazine reported that, uh, and Sekou and I were just talking about our favorite AI memories. Do you 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 were around throughout that whole era too? What what's your favorite AI memory? How much time do you have? I covered them. I know. <laughs> oh shoot! What's my favorite AI memory? Um, I'll give you I'll give you two back to back funny ones. All right, real quick. Right. So, in the Allen's first season. In Denver, I asked him for his phone number, right, as you do when you cover a team. You want sure. you know, players' numbers, especially the stars. Not to keep up with them every day, but if something happens, you want to have an ability to, to catch up with them, right? Right. So, Alan goes, so what you going to do, Mark? What you going to call me? Are we going to go to the club? Are we going <laughs> to hang out? Are we going to go to dinner together? I mean, what I need your number for? What you need my number for? I'll just see you next season. And I was like, dang, okay, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> and he just treated me like anybody just now, you know? What he doesn't know so is that you would have season. gone with him to the club and all in place. <laughs> I'm just back in the day, baby, not now. I might have done it once just for entertainment purposes. Just to see. If, if he if he gets down like people always say, right? But um, but I'm old now. <laughs> anyway, so late the next season, you know, Melo has his, his son, and he I think he was gone for the birth of his son, and he he comes to he misses a game and he comes to the next game, and I'm interviewing him for about five or six minutes about the birth of his son and being a father and how exciting that is. And then Alan goes, well, golly, Mark. He didn't say golly, but that's, <laughs> I'm going to use that word. Golly, Mark, what you going to take all day and, and talk to Mello? I mean, I, I can't come over there and say hi to him and congratulate <laughs> him on having a son. So then I told Alan, I said, hey, man, when you play, when you're there out there on the court, do I ever run out there and try to block your shot? <laughs> he thought about it for a second. He goes, No. I said, then why are you trying to bother me when I'm trying to do my job, man? <laughs> <laughs> and he got mad, and Mello laughed, and he got mad. And, you know, I can sit here and tell you Iverson stories all day, but I wish his ending came uh, uh, was a lot better than it was because he certainly had a fantastic career. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt definitely. about it. Well, look, man, get up back to uh, where, you, where you at, uh, Carmel by the Sea? I mean, where, where you at today? No, I'm at the Oakland Grill. Okay. I want to – 100 Great American Breakfast Places, according to Travels and Leisure Magazine. Um, and it's on 3rd and Franklin. All right. You guys ever want to come out here? For sure. Nice spot. And uh, hanging out with one of my boys. I might go to the movies, and that's about it, man. Man, I, Lang, if I had his life, I got man. sandals on. <laughs> I need to get my feet looking better. I don't look right in these sandals. Those dogs are barking <laughs> from here. <laughs> Man, if I had your hand, I'm I'd be good, man. Look, we appreciate it, Mark. Oh, good to hear you. Good to hear your voice, man, as always. And uh, we look forward to hollering at you down the road here this season, man. Get you some rest. You're gonna need it. I know you. I know you're gonna be ready to work. So get you a little rest. 
All right, fellas. I'll see you soon. All right, big fellas. Thanks, Thanks, man. All right. Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports joining us, entertaining as always, here on the Hangtime Podcast. That you know, like I didn't think about. You know, there's so much to talk about in there, but that the minutes factor for Kobe is going mm-hmm. to be something that everybody should watch just to see. You know, does he come back and play 25 minutes? Does he come back and push it? Try and play 30 or more like he's used to. It's going. I can't. I mean, and then all the other guys we talk about coming off injury: Derrick Rose, Danny Granger, Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's Rajon Rondo. Look, think all the guys we have to wait to see what they look like coming off an in, you know an injury shortened or, or squashed season, right uh, around the league next year. This. Well, if we talk, you know, we talked about how Kobe's a, a student of the game, and he always has learned from experiences, and he, you know, gets smarter as he goes along because he's so good at analyzing things and figuring it out. And as Mark said, he he's got to take into a, account that he had this injury and he can't play as many minutes as he used to play. Um, so I, I think we have to assume he's going to figure this out and and figure out how to best manage those minutes so that we see the maximum Kobe Bryant for what he has available. Yeah. And, and he, look, he, he, the other thing is when he got hurt at the end of the season last year, they, it was the reason he was playing so many minutes is because they were in that playoff push, you know, and that was the goal. And, and that's why he was trying to play so many minutes to get them into the playoffs. Um, and, and for Kobe, I think he, he'll, he'll be okay. He'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, and, and lucky for us, we get to sit back and watch it and see yeah. how it breaks down. So, and we thought it was, and we thought it was the off season. <laughs> you know, not all of us are getting pedicures and manicures and eating a hundred dollar breakfast and all that good stuff. Like <laughs> must be nice. Experience. Must be nice. Must be nice to live the high life. Um, speaking of the high life, we're yeah. not done yet. We we got we got more uh, we got more interesting guests this week here on the Hang Time Podcast. Lang, we, we often uh, take liberties here at the Hangtime Podcast and hang out with high rollers and big timers. Our guest this week is the biggest big timer we know, Damaris Lewis, of uh, modeling fame and other things. I thought you were going to say Rick Fox. <laughs> She's already got a restraining order out against Rick. We don't need to take that any further. <laughs> Damaris, how you doing? I'm pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> amazing? Yeah. That life hasn't been too bad. Wow, that, that's through the roof. Amazing. What what have you been up to? What are you doing this summer? Um, let's see. This summer so far, I have been to Switzerland with Prince and the band. Amazing. Performed out there. Um, I've been to a couple places around the states. Just random work. Um, getting my website geared up. Mm-hmm. So just just. Trying to stay productive and happy with it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I I told Seku, you and I, we texted back and forth a little bit the other day, and I was going to ask you, but I'm glad I didn't, so we can talk about it now. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling about the Knicks? Uh, I know that's your team. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked since the – we haven't talked on the podcast since the season ended. Um, mm-hmm. How would you feel about their exit from the playoffs? Um. Hmm. How I always feel about anybody else's exit. <laughs> you know, um, I've been back and forth these past couple of years with all the trading that we've been doing, and especially when we when we do a, a major trade and we have a great team at the time of the trade. 
Right. Um, I'd like to see consistency. And um, I think that with the Knicks, I think that they're diehard fans. That's what they're waiting for. And, you know, that's what we were waiting for last season as well. So when they exited the playoffs, it was just kind of like, we had this great consistency in the season. We, you know, we had our, our stretch of amazing games. And then playoff time came and we did really well. And then it was just kind of like Chris Blatt. <laughs> and um, I just, I, yeah, I want, I'm excited because I know that especially with, um, what's the rookie's name? What's the shooter? The you shooter. Talking about Tim Junior? Yeah. He, I mean, he's going to be a great addition to the team. Don't we have Metta World Peace? Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, it's always good to have one crazy. Um, and uh, so we've got we've got some some great components. Um, and you know, Woodson's a great coach, so I'm excited. So I you don't, you apparently don't agree or do agree with uh, Raymond Felton that the uh, Brooklyn Nets will not be taking over the city then. No. Okay. <laughs> you're from. You're from let's clear this up. I you're am from, from Brooklyn. Yeah. But here's my thing about the Nets, right? I didn't watch them when I was in New Jersey. Why am I watching them? Because they took a train and went to a different borough. Like, <laughs> I didn't. And I cannot be a hypocrite. If there's one thing I can't be, especially in sports, you can be a hypocrite in a lot of other things. In sports, you cannot be a hypocrite. There will be somebody waiting to tell you you're wrong. And granted, their squad is deep. I was saying the other day on Twitter that uh, I, th- I think they have three people under 6'6". On yeah. the entire squad, right? And those three people are one is six two and two are six three, right? So it's a big squad. If you can, I'm kind of starting to compare them to the Spurs a little bit, just for the experience and the height, mm-hmm. um, which is new to Brooklyn because normally Brooklyn has random somebody with height, somebody with speed, <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> but um, no, I, unless I see it, I'm not going to pre say that they're going to take over. I mean. New York is always going to be Nick's town. Right. But I'm go- I might I might actually watch a Nets game. <laughs> right. This might happen. Um, I I did it last season. Don't tell anybody. But um, yeah, you know, I just I just I'm from Brooklyn. I'm extremely excited that there's a stadium. I actually went to Barclays for the first time uh, two weeks ago. I saw the Beyonce concert. Uh huh. How did you like that? She didn't, get her, she didn't get her hair caught in a fan or anything in, that night, did she? No. Okay. no it was, it was, I thought you were going to say you went to the uh, Michael Buble concert. <laughs> That's actually September 29th, and I have my ticket. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're excited September about 29th. it. I really am. My mother surprised me with tickets, and it's going to happen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's dark in there. It's super dark. Yeah, it's a I nice arena. Um but to me, you know, I, I, having been to a lot of stuff at Madison Square Garden and at Barclays, the thing that MSG has that Barclays, it'll be hard to ever capture is that, just that sense of history. When you walk in and, um, you know, when you walk in, you see the banners and you see those seats and the way it looks kind of old school. I, I, that's that's something I think that sports fans, basketball heads walk into MSG and you're just like, it's hard to ever top that. Yeah. How do you compete well, with yeah, that? that's. That's why I'm not coming out swinging um, with the Nets. You know, in five years, when they've gotten, you know, some major plays and some major games in that people remember, then we can start saying that about Barclays. Right. Um, I think it's 
epic that there's a stadium in Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong. I am Brooklyn to the bone. But you walk into the garden, and it's just like, like I walk into the garden, and all I see is Whoopi Goldberg and Eddie. And somebody saying, Yvonne makes baskets. Like, and knowing that they shot that there just gives me life. That's what I see. I can't see that in, you know, in Brooklyn yet. Not to say that that's not going to happen, but, you know, new team. They have the Celtics. (laughs) <laughs> and the Nets now the Celtics moved to Brooklyn <laughs> you're not a fan of that move you don't think that's a you don't think that's a big time move I think it's move? an epic move yeah. no it's huge it's massive yeah. um, people, everybody's talking about how they're they're veterans but uh, the Spurs make it to the playoff every year and they're like five years away from crutches so <laughs> what, who's to say Brooklyn can't do the same thing right Right, right. So Sorry. Switzerland, what what were you doing in Switzerland? Switzerland I mean, was the Monster Jazz Festival. Ah, nice. So nice. Prince's band played out there. Uh huh. And I got to dance, right. have a ball. Was that your um, first time there? Yes, it was. It was. What was it like? I never been. Lang, you ever been to Switzerland? I have, but it was for about five hours on a layover, so I didn't really get to see much of <laughs> Geneva. Uh, but I have been. Um, it was it was epic. It was right on Lake Geneva. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and um, we were only there for a couple of days, but we did. I did two shows, and then his other band did one show. His his actual band is actually here this mm-hmm. week doing shows. Oh, okay. At City Winery without him, but um, yeah, it's a it's been a, it's been a productive summer. I am excited for the the new season. You know, the whole uh, Doc Rivers move to the Clippers is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. You've got Houston. Getting Dwight, which is going to be interesting with Harden um, and Lynn and everybody else down there. I feel like uh, Houston is a better fit for Dwight than the Lakers. You uh, should ask her and uh, several other people. We should ask. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Well, we should ask her the but, the, the blog mm-hmm. table questions. <laughs> yeah, you want? Uh oh. Which Saker and I had to answer these today on NBA.com, and one of them was. Of the young up and coming teams in the West, Houston and Golden State, which one is better prepared to to be a factor this season? Do you think Golden State? And why Golden State? Um, they know how to play. They know how to play together. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at you look at any any team recently that gets a a huge player, the Heat. They get the big three. The first season they suck. You know, Dwight right. goes to Lakers. They still went fishing. <laughs> the White's gonna go to Houston, and every one of these dudes is in the league, obviously because they can play ball. But if you can't play together, you know somebody like Stephen Curry, uh, who is just shooting threes like he was born, and said, "Look, mom, I can jump before I can walk." <laughs> Their team knows what they're doing. Um, Golden State was really good last year. I, was, I, I had fun watching them. But I, I'm, I'm going to go Golden State. That's what I said, and I'll, I'll read you the answer Seku Smith gave. Was, <laughs> says, as much as I enjoy watching the Golden State Warriors play, I think the Rockets will be the better team in 2014. So there's that. Well, and also, Damaris, you said the Heat sucked their first year. They they made the finals. I mean, I, I know they <laughs> lost, but your definition of they sucked and mine, I just I will just have to agree to disagree. Okay, they didn't <laughs> suck, but everybody is looking at Spolstra. I can't pronounce his last name. Spolstra, that's like Spolstra, Spolstra, Opera, Opera, whatever. Um, tomato, tomato. I, the, the first year, everybody's looking at him, and it's like, oh, my God, you're horrible. You're doing all this stuff. And once they learned how to play uh, together – 
I keep wanting to say play with each other. Don't go there. Either. I know he did. What? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Um, once, but, once it became a team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> once they learn how to play together, they're unstoppable. So I feel like that can very well happen in Houston. It can happen in any one of these um, big markets now, especially with that Clippers trade. I'm so excited to see Doc Rivers coach that team. The Celtics have the rebuilding to do, but you can officially say it's Jeff Green and Rondo's team. Yeah. At the moment. Well, the the other question was in the in the East uh, between Indiana and and Brooklyn, which is the team to like keep an eye out on. And uh, I, I said Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, well, I, I'm partial to Indiana because I grew up in the same building as Lance. As Lance, right? <laughs> um, but, but you. But they actually have a bench this season, and they're going to have like Danny Granger coming back. They're going to be good. They're going to be great. I'm, and they I'm, were. I'm, and my point was that the question we were asked was which team is uh, of the up and coming teams, Brooklyn or Indiana. And I said, well, Indiana was one win from making the NBA Finals. I don't know if I'd call them an up and comer. They're not. <laughs> See, that's yeah. the thing about, um, I feel, especially when playoffs come, you've got all these people who didn't watch the regular season. Right. And they judge their opinions on this entire team solely based off first round. So, yeah. Indiana was killing. They're obvi- obviously, they got to the playoffs. Um, I have no doubt that they're going to do that next year. It's a healthy team. And they're young. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to be great. They're not going to be bad. They weren't horrible last season, right? but they have these new additions. Okay, you got Paul Pierce, Brooke Lopez, um, AG. all these people in the same court. Yeah. All these people like having the ball. <laughs> Once you pass that, you know, get it? Pass that. <laughs> I try. Um, once you pass that, then it'll be a whole different story. But uh, we failed to mention that Jason Kidd is coaching. Right. So you're coming in, and I kind of compare it to the LeBron situation. Spolstra is not that much older than, you know, the big three uh, in basketball years. So you've got Jason Kidd, who just retired, who is now going to have to be yelling at Paul Pierce on the court. Right. Paul Pierce is going to be like, yo, homie, we were in the same locker room together. (laughs) You ain't got that life. You know, so it's something to watch out for. Uh, By the way. We both yeah. picked Indiana. I don't know why Lang, you know, chose to leave my answer out. I picked Indiana too. Oh, but sorry about that. Hater vision. Um, the last one, Lang. <laughs> uh, the last blog table question was on our the the most talked about guy usually um, around basketball circles, Kobe Bryant and his comeback. I don't know, Demaris, if you saw the picture of Kobe running on the anti gravity uh, treadmill. You know, four months, no, five months after not. his Achilles surgery. I mean. It, He's doing Kobe things. What do you – the question is, you know, he just blew out an Achilles. What do you expect out of Kobe, and when do you expect it in terms of when do you expect him to come back? Um, knowing that it's Kobe, he's probably ready to play now. <laughs> like right now. He's probably ready to play the day after he busted his Achilles. Right. Um, I think that I'm going to look at it as a Derrick Rose situation. Kobe's a smart player. He's going to come back when he's ready to dominate mm-hmm. and not before that um once again lakers love seeing them go fishing so <laughs> i can't really say anything positive here but yeah he's gonna come back when he when he when he needs to when he has to you know that's another team that needs rebuilding yeah. and obviously it's gonna 
paying him to watch them play without him if he's not going to be ready ready by the season. But you said you said Derrick Rose. Lakers. Lakers fans are curling up right now and like they're going to go crazy when they hear that. They're like, oh. no, not like Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Well, no, but seriously, Derrick Rose got injured. We saw him practicing pregame and not getting on the court. Why? Because he wasn't ready yet. That's a smart move. You know, even though Stephen Curry is amazing, he kept injuring his, his what was it, his ankle, his foot? Ankle. Yeah, his ankle. After, you know, after months and months because he kept getting on the court. If you say to yourself, you know, I'm going to wait till this fully heals, then you might have a better chance at staying in longer after that. I know one thing. My new favorite word of the week is amazing. Everything's I say amazing, amazing. a lot. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. I say amazing and epic. I'm very extra. We love um, it. I said if I was if I was a rapper, my name would be drama. <laughs> we love it. We love Damaris, it. when is uh when are when is Prince and and you and the band playing in uh, New York City? I have no idea, <laughs> but I do know that. Uh, his actual band, there's 11 horns, there's a, two, a guitar, a bass player, two singers. Um, it's a huge band, 17, I think, all in total. Wow. They're playing at City Winery this week without him. Um, I'll be there uh, probably hosting. So cool. if you nice. like good music, you never know what can happen. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Damaris on Graf, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> what? What? Right, Damaris Lewis. What did you say? I said, follow you on Twitter at Damaris Lewis. Oh, and yeah. absolutely. Thank you for, uh, for yeah. hopping on with us. Thanks for hitting me up. All right, take care. All right, we'll talk. See, See you, Damaris Lewis, guys. Joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast, Lang. A little stalkerish, a little stalkerish there. You know, you texting her and and keeping up with her on Twitter like that. Uh, I don't mean to sound any alarms, but come on now. <laughs> I will say that she texted, <laughs> she texted me yesterday. <laughs> uh, Clear that up I, now before Mrs. Whitaker hears this podcast. You know, I actually met her. We actually got to meet in Miami. You weren't there, I think, right? No, I met her. No, you were there, yeah. There. Yeah, we actually you, got to You conveniently her. leave me out when we start talking about Damaris. This is a problem. <laughs> well, we actually this got to meet issue. her down there in Miami uh, during the finals. But um, I met her. I just wasn't there, like, standing around her like she was praying. I was one of the one of the hunters like <laughs> you and ice and Schumann and everybody else that was just, I couldn't get past Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing, I was being respectful, <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to talk. Uh, good to talk to her and talk NBA basketball with people who we know love the game and uh, love the scene. It's, it's weird. This time of year for me, it's strange because my mind is always on basketball and on the NBA. Right. But my immediate attention is like a lot of other people. This is that one part of the year where you catch a breath, you know, where there's not as much going on. Right. Um, not the daily grind of things that, you know, we normally keep up with. So um, it's funny to see who's locked in and, you know, and all over the, the scene and who's kind of laying back and doing other stuff. Uh, I did see pictures of Damaris on Facebook by accident at the Beyonce concert. That's why I knew I I, kind of asked that question knowing the answer when she said she'd been to the Barclays. Um, I I haven't seen Beyonce live, but apparently it's an experience. I guess I'm going to have to put that on the bucket list at some point. I interviewed her one time. I'm definitely not going to see Michael Bublé live, so. (laughs) You know, that's out. Don't lie. uh, 
I interviewed Beyonce. It was when Destiny's Child was, was like just coming on the scene. Uh-huh. It was, uh, I think it was when it was the three of them, Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, and Michelle Williams, and they... Uh, yeah, they had kicked the other girls out, right? <laughs> Whatever it happened. Yeah, there was like two other girls. They, they booted At first them out it was four, and then it was two, then it was three. Yeah. But that was a long time ago, and uh, looks like we've had similar career paths since, sure. uh, since that happened. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're hanging out on the Hangtime Podcast with Beyonce. Anyway, uh... Again, thanks to Damaris Lewis for coming on for a few minutes, hanging out with us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Always good to hear her voice at Damaris Lewis, and I'm sure she'll be doing big things in the future. Everybody needs to keep up with them. So much for uh, an off-season podcast, Lang. Episode 129 of the Hangtime Podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Damaris Lewis and Mark J. Spears of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Damaris, of course, Lang's texting buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this: we needed a, some. We need a guest today. You came up with Mark Spears. I came up with a supermodel. So, <laughs> yeah, that 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 calls into question exactly who we're texting. I'm <laughs> one of us. Is, one of us is headed for trouble and a whole lot of fun, and the other one of us is just headed for trouble. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which is which. I but... know. I know. <laughs> uh, why don't you text Rick Fox? I, I would if I knew his number. <laughs> Got to find Ricky. He's busy traveling. Yeah, he's getting ready for the season. He's he's he might be out there running on that treadmill with Kobe. He might have got seconds on that. Looking treadmill. forward to uh, to Rick's new show on NBA TV this fall. Where in the world is Rick Fox? <laughs> no question about Premiering it. every Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. For, no, it's gonna be every Wednesday at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the hell is Rick Fox? <laughs> Shout out again, obviously, to Damaris Lewis and Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. Lang, uh, take care of Bex. Get some rest. I'll see you next week, and we'll see everybody right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Kuna Matata.